Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. Today I want to move on to the parable of the vine found in John 15. And I want to preface this this morning by just asking ourselves that question, what can we do when we feel like there's not a lot happening in our lives spiritually? You know, often we come to this place of tension in our lives where we're really struggling to see a season or a time of fruit bearing in our lives. And we look over our shoulder at Brother Ben or Sister Sally, and we see they just seem to have an abundance and an overflow of fruit in their lives. And sometimes that can be really frustrating because you're saying, where's my fruit? What's happening in my life? I feel so barren right now. And this is the this parable that we're talking about today. Jesus addresses this tension in all of our lives on how we can actually get a breakthrough in this whole area of bearing fruit. So I want to move on. And, you know, we see this person here absolutely frustrated, pulling their hair out. And that feels a little bit like many of us at times. We, we go through these seasons where we're just absolutely frustrated at the lack of fruit coming through our lives. So, you know, as we look into this parable today, I've got some good news for you. And that is that Jesus actually gives us the keys to actually see breakthrough begin to happen within our lives. And so we're going to move over and look at the first verse of this, where Jesus says, I am the true vine, you know, and uh, this is often misquoted by many Christians. They say, I am the vine. My father is the vine dresser. Jesus said, I am the true vine, not a substitute or a copy, but I'm the original And, you know, there's many vines out there wanting to connect us to connect with them. But only one of them is the true vine, Jesus Christ himself. The message translation says this. It says, I am the real vine. And I don't know if you ever go through seasons like this. I felt this at times where sometimes you feel like you're more of a fake than the real deal, more of a copy of the original and where we have, you know, times where we feel that bite of that barrenness of that non-fruit bearing season in our life. And Jesus' words should echo in our spirit today because he's offering something original here today. He's saying, I'm the true vine. All the others are a copy only, a fake, a substitute. I'm the real deal. And so he's asking us today to actually look to him as the true vine. Many vines will clamor for our attention, asking us to hook our branch up to them. But what we really need is the true vine, the original Jesus himself, not a copy, a counterfeit, not attaching ourselves to something that's not real, that's not the original, but attaching ourselves to the true vine in order to begin to experience the sap flowing from the vine down into the branches. You know, when you've got the original, everything else is a copy. And when we commit ourselves to the true vine today, the original, the one and only, some astounding things regarding fruitfulness will begin to take place within our life. So let's move on through as Jesus teaches us in this parable. And let's read through the parable itself. uh, Setting out at verse 2, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. 
and every branch that bears fruit he prunes that it may bear more fruit you are already clean because of the word which i have spoken to you abide in me and i in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me verse 5 i am the vine you are the branches he who abides in me and i in him bears much fruit for without me you can do nothing if anyone does not abide in me he is cast out as a branch and is withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burnt verse 7 if you abide in me and my words abide in you you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples as the father loved me i also have loved you abide in my love verse 10 if you keep my commandments you will abide in my love just as i have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love these things i have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full what's the primary reason for the existence of the vineyard well it's to produce fruit it's to produce those grapes and those grapes will be plucked off the vine and enjoyed by many so it's to produce fruit for others this is the topic this is the purpose of the parable how can we produce fruit that can be plucked from our lives for the benefit of others and uh, you know jesus makes it specific to the life of a disciple and he says this in verse 8 as you can see um, from previously by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples and so we see through the parable there's a divine progression and verse starts at verse 2 every branch of me that does not bear fruit that's the first stage no fruit bearing he takes away but every branch of me that bears fruit that's the process we're starting to bear fruit he begins the pruning he prunes that it may bear more fruit and of course down in verse 5 it talks about uh, glorifying the father by bearing much fruit so we go no fruit starts to bear fruit bears more fruit and finally is bearing much fruit that's the promise that jesus is offering every disciple of himself that as we connect to the true vine then we find this divine progression of bearing fruit more fruit and much fruit so is there any clue here how we can actually go about doing this we we need to know the how the first thing we need to understand today and we've got to get this into our spirit i cannot bear fruit without christ verse 4 abide in me and i in you as the branch cannot full stop cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine so this is the bottom line for us i cannot bear fruit as a christian unless i learn to abide in christ and we're going to talk about that in a minute you know i cannot have a baby it's impossible i'm a male i don't have baby making equipment and in the same way i cannot bear fruit in my life without abiding in christ and neither can you just as the branch cannot 
bear fruit unless it is connected to the vine. So too, we cannot bear fruit unless we're connected to the vine. And the second key that Jesus says, he says, not only is it about uh, not being able to bear fruit without connection, but he's saying that we need to learn to abide in Christ. Abide in me and let me abide in you. And so he says there's a clear-cut methodology to getting to the place of producing more fruit, and that is to abide in Christ. Ten times Jesus uses this word in this parable. So whatever it means, we can see it's a very important key to you and I becoming more fruitful. So what does abide mean? It literally means to remain in, to continue, to stay the course. So abide Abiding in Christ, we're remaining in Him. We're continuing. We start our life in Christ. We continue in Christ, as opposed to the alternative, which is to leave, to discontinue, to walk away. And could it be that by using this parable of the vine, Jesus is getting to the core of our shallowness, our inconsistency with connecting to Christ. Rather than remain and abide and continue in Him, we often make choices and decisions that cause us to leave, to discontinue, to be absent from Christ. So we see Jesus is talking about this, this connection, this union producing communion. Woo! That's relationship. Our communion with Christ through the Spirit produces His life. You know, a marriage, it creates a union. The two shall become one flesh. But it's more, the, it's more than just procreating. It's more than just connecting sexually in a marriage. It takes love and devotion to one another to maintain a communion in marriage. And so too in our relationship with Jesus Christ. This abiding relationship is natural to the branch connecting to the vine, but it must be cultivated continually on an ongoing basis uh, in our Christian life. It's not an automatic thing. We know that because we're all, if we're all honest, we've been absent at times from our connection with Christ. At times we've strayed, at times we've become lazy, at times we've walked away from that connection in Christ and we feel the pinch, we feel the bite of that absence of that communion and that union with Christ. And so to, to get that abiding and remaining in Christ. It demands of us an ongoing sense of worship, meditating on God's word, prayer, sacrifice, and service. But he says at the end of this parable that if you do all these things, it's so that the joy, my joy, will, will be full and experienced in your life as you maintain that abiding connection and union. And, you know, I just want to take note here that that just to give us a reminder, you know, fruit is not for our own benefit. As we're abiding in the vine and our branches connecting to the vine and the sap's flowing through and fruit is beginning to appear on our branch, it's not for the purpose of the branch to consume the fruit. No, the fruit is, uh, the branch is offering the fruit for others to come and pluck the fruit off their branch. And this is a healthy reminder for us that we're not producing fruit just to please ourselves, but we're doing it to serve others and benefit others. So we should be the kind of people who feed others by our words and our works as we abide and connect into the vine. 
Proverbs 10:21, the lips of the righteous feed many. You know, if there's no fruit on our branch, Jesus said, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And so he's saying here that the absence of fruit within our lives disqualifies us over a period of time. Every branch, clearly every branch, according to Jesus' words, is designed to bear fruit. And if it's not being fruitful, it will be removed. Shallowness, you know, is not to be part of our life. You know, often we hear, hear that saying, oh, yeah, this church is a mile wide, mile wide and it might be a big church. But we're saying, you know, there's shallowness. And I'm sure in every church, there's not, that's not the case. In every church, there's depth. In every church, there are those that go deeper. But if we're not connecting to the vine, then shallowness will be the result and lack of fruit will be the manifestation of that shallowness. So moving on, the third thing that Jesus made clear here is pruning. Pruning. Pruning cannot be avoided if we're going to be fruitful and bear fruit. I don't know if you've ever seen an unpruned vineyard. I have, and it's just like these wild tentacles growing up everywhere, just a tangled web of small unpruned branches. And if it goes through to completion, they don't get pruned. The, the crop, the harvest that year is minimal because the grapes will be very, very small and small clusters because it hasn't been pruned. Nothing of true substance. And so look at the words of Jesus. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So if you're praying today, Lord, I want to be fruitful, make me fruitful, then welcome to pruning. You know, really, realistically, the greatest judgment that God could leave on our lives is to leave us unpruned. Because if we, if we go unpruned, we will not produce the fruit that he desires and we will be left to ourselves. So he prunes us in order to bear more fruit. I love this verse in Psalm 119, verse 67. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. And he's saying here in the life of the psalmist, he understood what it meant that if he wasn't prepared to be afflicted through the discipline of pruning, then we just go astray in our lives. But God lovingly nurtures us, prunes us, shapes us. And as, as a result of that, we keep God's word as prominent place in our life. You know, I don't enjoy the knife, the knife of pruning, but I tell you what, it's so beneficial for us. It involves cutting away that dead, diseased wood, stuff that we just need to eject out of our lives because of its harmful effects, like a root of bitterness, for example. You know, you want to forgive, but you just don't seem to be able to let go. And that becomes like a diseased piece of wood uh, on our branch that needs to be trimmed. It needs to be pruned. And we've got to allow the Lord to do that. We've got to forgive in these situations so that we're not harming our branch by allowing the poison of unforgiveness to flow into the rest of our branch. Let the Father prune it out of your life today. So what would the branch be saying if it could talk? Ouch! Ouch! But it would also rejoice because it's growing bigger and better fruit. You know, sometimes... Pruning is not just removing the bad, it's also removing the good and the better in order that we might enjoy the best 
harvest in our lives. And our Heavenly Father is never nearer to us than when He's pruning us. He draws close to us. And finally this morning, I just want to talk about the role of the Word and prayer. If you abide in me, Jesus said, and my words abide in you, the power of the Word at work in us, you will ask what you desire. There it is, petition, supplication, intercession, request in that place of prayer, and it shall be done for you. So Jesus is giving us guaranteed answer to prayer if we are in fact abiding in him. Because you know what happens when we abide and remain connected to Christ? The desires that we have springing up within our life, they're God's desires for us. And we can know then that we can spring off that through prayer, through supplication and our connection to the Lord. And we know that we've got the right desires. And as we pray, we receive it shall be done for us. So our connection to the word of God will often be pivotal, pivotal, a pivotal turning point in being fruitful or unfruitful. The enemy will do all he can to separate you and I from the word of God. He'll put distractions in your way. You'll end up reading the news instead of reading the word of God. There's all sorts of things. There'll be things that will come on your mind and you'll start thinking about meditating on those things that you've got in your day rather than focus on anything to distract you from connecting to the word. So to remember this, abiding means remaining in the word of God. And Jesus put it like this in John 8. I love this. Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, wow, remaining, staying in the word, saturating your spirit in the word, you are my disciples indeed. In other words, you will actually practically become and act like a disciple of Jesus, indeed, in word, in action. And verse 32, and you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Connecting to the word in such a way that you're abiding in it frees us from the bondages and the baggage that we often bring in to our Christian war. And the word of God begins to work mightily in us and break down those things, the lies and replacing them with the truth. And we find our lives being set free. So we're going to understand this morning. There is a clear demonic strategy to disconnect every believer from the sustenance of the word of God. And if we remain in the word, we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. You know, in any warfare strategy, the, the, the aim is to cut off the main supply lines of your enemy. No food, no supplies, medical treatment, etc. We see this happening right now in Russia uh, coming into the Ukraine. This is precisely their strategy and what they're trying to do, cut off the supply lines. And when the enemy cuts off the supply lines of the word and prayer out of our life, suddenly we find ourselves in trouble. And that's why the psalmist said this, Psalm 119 verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In other words, when the, the lamp of the word is there, we can see where we're walking. We can see the pathway we're supposed to go down and it becomes a light to our feet. And so, you know, as you contemplate the role of the word within your life, remember the devil wants to switch and snuff that lamp out so that you're walking in darkness. So you'll stumble and fall. So as we finish this morning, 
you know, I began talking about being seduced by substitutes, counterfeits, fakes, copies. The real deal is the true vine. And all these other alternatives, they're simply not life-giving and they'll never produce fruit within your life. A program won't produce fruit. Jesus will produce fruit within your life. You know, the fruitfulness of connecting your life to him. Get connected to the original, the true vine. The true vine brings fruit. The true vine brings strong connection to the word of God. The true vine brings an open heaven of answered prayer. And the true vine brings cleansing through the word of God. Let's not settle for a counterfeit or a copy, church. Jesus is the original. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. Let's get connected to the original, the word Jesus himself. It's time to connect into the vine and receive that life-giving set. And as we finish off today and go into our discussion groups, here's a few questions for you to contemplate on. Number one, is being fruitful important to you? Why or why not? Secondly, have you seen the enemy at work in your life trying to separate you from the life-giving vine? And if that's the case, what has that looked like in your situation? Share your stories so that you can actually encourage each other about the traps the enemy will lay to disconnect you from the true vine. And lastly, number three, Jesus said remaining in him is a key strategy to bearing fruit. Can you share any strategies this morning with your friends that have worked for you to keep you abiding in Christ? Oh.